Yo Skitty. We're live in three, two, one. Hey you, this is The Sesh, where we are joined by the humans that so fearlessly and boldly express themselves. The Matrix has no hold on these spaces. So wherever you are, on your beanbag, that chair, or the Sunday fair, get strapped in for a journey into the void. It's about to get real trippy. Welcome to The Sesh by Spacebuck. Hello everyone and welcome to another sesh. Today joining us is our fellow kindred soul, a creator in all her power and tea lover Mitara. Hi, hey guys, thank you for letting me join. I'm really excited. We are very, very grateful to have you. Mitara, how are you going? I'm going, I'm, I'm good, I'm good. I'm really excited. Awesome. So to break the ice, Tara, here at Space Buckets, we choose not to define ourselves by our professions or means of income and all those other labels that society usually uses to identify each other, right? So keeping that in mind, right? what are three words you'd use to describe yourself? Go. Oh, uh, spontaneous, I feel like. Creative, positive. Yeah, yeah, I'll go with those three. Like that came to the surface really quick, hey? So- do you, do you guys think that's accurate, though? Yeah, definitely. Nice. It's nice to know that everyone else sees me the same way I see myself. So that's cool. That's good. That's good. There's alignment there, hey? Yeah. Okay, so let's get the ball rolling. Would you rather be able to regress and see all your past lives or have this life be your last reincarnation? Oh, my God. I was like, when you asked the question, I was like, immediately regress but then the second obviously the latter i re- i don't want i don't want to live again not in a nihilistic way but yeah oh that's such a hard question though done with the human experience yeah it's 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 tough it's a tough thing to do mm. so yeah i'd go with the latter what about you guys i would like this to be my last reincarnation but i feel like even if it's the last reincarnation i can still practice how to regress right Mm-mm-mm. what about you Lashini? I think I definitely want to see my past lives as well. Like, I'm super curious as to who I was. Yeah, it would be so interesting. Like, was I a dog? Or was I like a rock? (laughs) What was going on? (laughs) A rock, yeah. Have you seen any of your past lives? Like, have you done a past life regression? I've tried. I've definitely tried. Um, I'm very into dreams and I'm very into and analyzing my dreams so I feel like I get a feeling I can see my past life through my dreams but obviously I'm not going to claim that uh without fully understanding it so yeah I don't know I feel like I have a hunch of certain things but not everything you know so in terms of hunches Mm. you do you feel like there were certain situations where you feel like okay this is definitely something like I was or this is definitely a memory of what I was oh Oh, okay. So there have been certain instances in my life where I've, I wouldn't use the word crave, but it it was a very deep desire of something that I wanted. And I didn't know I wanted it, but I wanted it for the longest time in my life till I finally got it. And when then I get it, I'm like, oh, I've gotten this before. I've been here before. I've had moments like that, which I feel, yeah, I don't think I've had moments where I'm like, I've done, I've like, 
this is something I've done in my past life or something, but there is deja vu with certain instances in my life, for sure. That's so interesting. I used to experience deja vu a lot as a kid, but not so much anymore. Is it like the typical like deja vu of you walk into a room and then you're like, wait, I've I've done this. Is it that like? Yeah, that and that and in certain situations, I'm like, I've like I've definitely experienced this before. Right, right. Like I remember every single detail. Yeah. Yeah. Does that still happen to you? I I have this memory, right? And this like. Because you were talking about it, like, because the two of you were talking about it was only why I remembered it. I haven't remembered it in ages. But um, there was this memory as a child. So my grandma, she lives in Nigambo, right? And she has a huge garden and so many coconut trees as is normal in Nigambo. This one day, I remember this super clearly. I must have been like, I don't know, five or six. And before this happened, I thought... I had this memory of like a whole set of coconuts just falling and it was this one tree and it, it like fell, it hit the ground, one rolled off in this, to this direction and the, the rest of the bunch stayed there and another one broke off, something like that, right? And like that afternoon, oh, that what? exact same thing happened, like the, like the same thing, like the coconut that rolled off, rolled in that, that direction, everything, like nothing changed. And... I think I talked to myself or I was trying to talk to someone saying that I saw this, like, I saw this happen. I saw this happen. And no. Um, only now when you brought it up and when what? you said deja vu, Lush, like, I was like, holy shit. I remember that memory. Damn. I haven't thought of that in years. That's what? crazy. That's crazy. That is weird. Oh, my God. It's so funny as well because, like, you have, you have deja vu and then you try to tell your parents, like, I I, I experienced this and they look at you like, uh, oh, what the hell are you talking about? Well, okay. See, my mom's very into spirituality, so she doesn't do that, which is quite cool. Uh, but my dad definitely does. She has like past life regression. I'm, I'm not going to tell her story right now, but like, yeah, yeah, she does. She definitely does. So that's very cool. I just remembered that as well when you were saying parents. Was your upbringing very spiritual in sense um what was your upbringing like in terms of spirituality or religion i mean my parents didn't really push it my mom got into spirituality quite late i feel like well not late but um later into my childhood so i don't know by that point i wasn't ready to listen to her really i was going through my teenage years um but they weren't very Mm. pushy about spirituality or religion in general school was society was so because of that, I strayed away from it. But yeah, no, I didn't really feel inclined to it. So would you say that it was like kind of recent that you kind of started getting back into, I wouldn't call it, I wouldn't say religion because religion is this thing that, in my opinion, religion is that they're trying to regulate societal behavior. But spirituality is a com- completely different thing, right? So would you say that it was recent that you started appreciating or, or right. seeing kind of through it? Right. Or has it always been a thing? I feel like recently. I feel like the okay label, even spirituality, I feel like that I embodied very recently. But I've definitely been into it since I was young. And I, I've like told you stories about how I used to be very drawn towards like spiritual quotes without really understanding what it meant when I was really young. I had this quote over my wall that I wrote with a marker when I was like 13. Um, 
I think your thoughts create your reality. And that tripped me out so much as a kid because I'd stare at the wall like, whoa, my thoughts are creating this. And now looking back, that was very profound for a 13 year old, but I didn't understand how profound it was. But yeah, so I wouldn't call it spirituality when I was young, but now definitely I'm a lot more mindful about it. Would you say that there was a specific point in which you felt kind of like an awakening into this whole thing? Or it was gradual for you and it started like, uh, like you said, there were instances when you were younger and it had been building up. I feel like it was a bit gradual for me. There wasn't like a moment of awakening or any sort of like epiphany. I, I have epiphanies and I have like those, oh, that makes sense sort of moments. But nothing, nothing that like propelled me into spirituality. It was all very gradual. It was very smooth. And I feel like that worked for me because... Given my personality, if something's very shocking and very big, I'm very skeptical about it. And it's like, wait, am I going crazy or is this actually happening? So, uh, I, yeah, I got eased into it, but I guess that worked with my personality, no. It definitely is a process, isn't it? I've sometimes asked people, like, when did you get into spirituality? But that was before I really sort of understood that we're spiritual beings having a human experience instead of like the other way around like when you really understand that in essence we are spiritual um it's just that like these layers right, right. have been sort of uh, sort of covering that when did you guys get into it well i i know we just went over that question doesn't make sense but yeah how was your process like mine was definitely gradual as well i think a couple of acid trips definitely um sped that up for me but I think right. me starting to question everything was when I sort of asked myself, do I really want to be in a nine to five for the rest of my life? And that was the question of like, what is what is this rat race? And then from there, right. I think I questioned more and more. But that was, I think, the starting point for me. What about you? For me, I would say, I think as a kid, um, like our, I think you and I, Mitara, our bringing was kind of similar in the, in the terms that yeah. like, the Buddhist kind of philosophy and like our culture right. and all of that was pushed, right? Yeah. And as a child, I, I was always questioning the things I was told to follow. And a lot of these things, it didn't make sense. And, and this was maybe till I was six, seven. I was always like, curi I was curious about everything and I still am. And things didn't add up to me, you know, things they were saying and things people are doing and the way certain, certain laws of normalcy by society kind of worked. And because I was always questioning it and because this like uh, Buddhism was right. kind of pushed onto me as a religion, I kind of pushed it away. And I kind of like closed that kind of, um, my mind off to, kind of, uh, to acceptance of that. Until, like Lashini, I think an acid trip kind of brought everything from my like childhood like raging forward. And it's kind of like a combination of the two of you where it had always been working on the back of my mind. But because of that, those few trips, it kind of like linked. It was like chains kind of attaching each other like that, 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 that. And all of it kind of over the process of, I think, three to six months, everything kind of made sense. Quite often, I was like, holy shit, this is a trip. Oh my God, this is a trip. Like, I know this already, but what? How did I, like, not know it, you know? And, um, yeah, that's kind of where it, where it happened for me. It's kind of like a mix. Um, I was going to ask you guys, actually, 
did you start taking psychedelics recreationally or was it was there a purpose behind it and or was it just like a party thing or everyone was doing it it was uni or how did that start well i would say i kind of started the process but then for me it was i was always curious i was always curious about things that allowed me to break out of my reality or escape my reality um and i found that like a lot of things would like as a child books would do that for me and then as i grew up i was like holy shit there's something called hallucinogenics that can propel that and that curiosity kind of made me want to experiment i w- i'm always curious about my environment and that kind of got me there and then introduced others to it if they were willing to experience it yeah so bandwagoning off that i was curious i'd say not as curious as kasalvin was but definitely curious uh, when growing up at least my childhood was very conservative but my environment was total opposite right and so leaving home for me was like letting loose like i could do pretty much whatever i wanted to do cuz no one was yeah. regulating my behavior or controlling my actions or anything so i think i made like full use of that and that was where the curiosity kind of stemmed from as well and so yeah i st- tried marijuana first and then acid i think was much later not as curious but still curious looking back um i would definitely say it was essential to my growth <laughs> i mean not recommending it but i'm happy that i did have those experiences yeah i again each to their own right i feel like yeah for some people that really works yeah exactly and i i i personally do think it helps it my boyfriend said like a very cool analogy it was like taking you and putting you on top of the mountain and showing you what you can have and then putting you back down and being like all right now go do your life stuff. So yeah, for some people that definitely does help. That's so true. The other thing as well, right? It like forces you to embrace all parts of you. Oh my god. In the sense yeah. of like your demons, the good parts. Like one trip will it'll probably be enough for a lifetime. Like it'll show you all the parts of you that you either didn't know existed or you Absolutely. knew but you were pushing down. Right. Um like it really does force you to embrace every part of you and i think one of the reasons we wanted to have you on today as well is because you're so authentic in who you are and you're so confident with your uniqueness essentially what does embracing yourself mean to you oh my god thank you so much that's such a nice compliment it's so funny to hear that like it's so funny to hear people say you're very authentic and you're very yourself cuz i don't at least i feel like that now but i never felt like that when i was a kid i felt such like imposter syndrome i copied everything that i thought everyone was cooler than me was doing so i i don't know i don't know when that switch happened so it's really funny to hear people say that um also i forgot the question <laughs> what does truly embracing yourself mean to you i think it's being comfortable it's knowing yourself enough to be comfortable as well cuz there's a difference between actually being comfortable versus you're lying to yourself and you don't truly feel comfortable in a situation or with people or with yourself really and it's a whole process of getting to the point of okay I don't feel comfortable now what do I do 
and then you try changing your surroundings you try changing yourself then you just come back it's a whole cycle of you just coming back to being like oh i was just not comfortable with who i was and where i was but it wasn't the external factors that was a problem or myself really it's just i wasn't comfortable i feel like that that's a good answer essentially as a child everyone wants to kind of fit in and then you kind of realized there's no need to fit in you just have to accept like self acceptance and then once self acceptance is kind of reached that's your authentic kind of self yeah i mean everything's so impermanent your world's impermanent your friends are your family is and you are so once you go through the cycle of trying to fix those things and realizing you can't and feeling the devastation of wow i can't fix anything you just come back to the point of just accepting very gracefully and it's very it's a very humbling experience i mean, i feel like everyone goes through that though right that's so true like at different points as well though in our lives like we learn to surrender and and just accept surrender yeah that's the one that's the word but to be honest right to be your authentic self especially in our society i think it takes a lot of courage and strength i would say like uh, especially lankan society is very closed off even though it embodies that within its like core as buddhism it they're very closed right. off to kind of the principles of it how would you say you circumvented what society would judge you for firstly how did you find the strength within yourself and what did you do to when people would if people did approach you like that okay i don't know if this answer will make too much sense but it's making a bit of sense in my head so when i was younger i'd look at society in sri lanka and be like wow this is not where i belong i feel so alienated here i feel like everyone's just living a lie everyone's telling me what to do while telling themselves what to do and they're not doing it and i'm not doing it so who are we like what are we kidding and um and then i thought i'd feel more like represented or comfortable in a different society so i actually went and tried to find that and i know this works for some people but it didn't work for me it just made me realize these people don't know it either and back home no one knew it the western culture didn't know it i'm sure that's the case for every other country and everyone else it's just i mean like society is such a um, i know we all use it and such a big generalized word but it's just comprised of individual people being so hurt and so confused that they project that on you and they project that on themselves and their environment and therefore society is manifested with this projection of lies and yeah like it, it it you don't really belong anywhere per se because first you need to learn to belong in your own self and that's still something i'm trying to figure out as well but i don't know i'm pretty comfortable with myself now so you know that's cool absolutely yeah and we can see that like we can actually see that because you embody it and you kind of radiate Thanks. it but thank you yeah you're right you're right these a lot of people that are projecting their uncertainties and their flaws with and expecting the others to fix it for them i was like sure. an avid believer of when i was younger like i'm better than the next person i had that obviously that ego complex because i was so insecure with myself and it was such a weird switching moment when i realized i'm not better than the other person i've just been where the other person is and i'm just in denial that i went through that phase and that was the same with buddhism as well like i used to look at people who practiced it conventionally and i'd be like wow never me like i don't understand what you're doing 
I don't get it. It feels so mindless. And then I realized now, because I identify as a Buddhist, I realized that I had to go through that. Possibly in this lifetime, possibly lifetimes ago, or like, I don't know how many times, but I had to be in that position. And it's very, very humbling when you learn that and be like, oh, oh, we're just the same person, aren't we? Right, we're all just like on a journey of figuring out this human experience together. And yeah, like you said, none of us actually know what the fuck's going on. Uh, It's just like, you know, one day at a time and push forward. In terms of figuring yourself out, and you said belonging to yourself as well, would you say art is a huge part of who you are? Do you like express yourself through your art? No, I don't think I do. okay yeah that's yeah that's a weird answer but um i don't think i do i feel like it's something that i'm good at i love it i enjoy it because i feel like it's something matara is good at and who i am versus who matara is is such a big difference now to me when i was younger i used to identify with it a lot like a lot but because of that i i ended up hating it because so many insecurities would blossom from my art itself like on the days that I love my art I feel on top of the world I identify with it I feel great I feel like I can do anything and on the days that I go on Instagram and I see other artists and I see how fast they draw or how good they are at drawing or how they're they know enough technology enough to draw like what I do in three days they know how to do it in an hour and I feel absolutely shit and therefore I identify with that as well and I realize art isn't who I am it might be quite like an extension of who I am but it helps me navigate through society and it helps me at least participate without feeling too alien so I am very grateful because of it I do feel like oh this is such a pretentious thing to say but I do feel like I have something to offer with it and there's something there that I haven't tapped into yet maybe I have but um I haven't fully grasped yet that I have to fulfill at least in this lifetime, with that and to use that as an extension. But I wouldn't call it myself. It's just a tool I've gotten. That's such an honest answer. Like you, the way you broke it down to me, I didn't expect like an answer <laughs> like that. And then it got me thinking, like it's true to so many of these things that we call like passions and stuff. It's that version of ourselves is like, okay, this is something you're good at. This is like a skill or a tool that like you said, Mitara, or in my case, myself. But this is not what I am. Like, the real me, it's it's like another kind of facade that I'm trying to identify with. And I have probably done it so many times repeatedly in the past um, in different versions of myself, where I, I go like, okay, this is my thing, or no, that's my thing. This is my thing in this lifetime. This is my thing in this lifetime. But every single time, right. it's just me trying to fit in to like that experience the human experience yeah that's so true that's so true i mean i feel like at least a lot of people i I know people who don't have this but i thought everyone had this when i was younger that everyone had a passion and everyone wanted to find their passion because i did i really wanted to find something that made me fit in Um, and when i did i thought it was going to be so easy once i figured it out oh my god but I went through the worst wave of depression after I figured it out and I realized it wasn't making me happy at all and it was just in fact just digging me deeper into a hole because I don't know how to have a healthy relationship with this thing that I'm good at 
just because I'm good at it doesn't mean that it'll fix all my issues. Um, yeah, that was a very, very pivotal moment in my career, I would say, to figuring that out. So profound, because growing up, it sort of pushed on us that we have to find our life's purpose at like 18 years old. We all have to have a passion. We all have to, we all have, to have yeah. something we're good at. Um, and I definitely think it's something I still struggle with. So it's amazing to hear you say that, that it, although you find it, it may not bring you the most joy at all times. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's the same with a person as well. No, like you think when I find love or I find that one person, I'm going to be so happy. I'm not going to go through heartbreak, but I mean, again, to each their own, it's a different thing for a different person. But I guess for me, it was my work. Okay, so speaking of your art as well, it was very exciting to see your collaborations with Blue Blood Elf and Moondrip. So we have to talk about it. It was it was amazing, honestly, to see what is it like finding a community oh. of other creatives in Lanka as well. Thank you. In Sri Lanka, it's very exciting because more often than not, they're going through the same struggles as you are. The frustration of the country doesn't recognize the talent yet and the frustration of being women in that field and uh yeah like it's more often than not you just find a friend um because the whole mm. process isn't really very like artistically fun for me because i just sit there and while well, they do all the work but it's it's so interesting to find people like that who are so creative and so different and constantly pushing the norms and being like it's okay if there isn't a field yet I, I i feel like i can make one there it's so interesting to be on that end and like watching people do that that's insane that's amazing yeah that that actually is amazing if you if you could how would you improve on that kind of space within within our community the space in which creators are allowed to express themselves i actually don't know that's such a complex question because there's different layers to that. There's obviously so much misogyny surrounding modeling and uh, so much misogyny surrounding that industry. And then there's obviously uh, not just like misogyny, really. I, I know guys who have had really bad experiences as well and been turned away from it because people who are artistic are very passionate about it. So like some, there are some people who are very passionate about it and they enjoy it so much that they really want to do something with it. And there are people who take advantage of that. And that creates labels of like, models are da 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 da, you know, like labels of who those people are. I don't really know how to fix that, which is why I say it's complex. That's like a deep-rooted societal concept because us as a society are trying to draw so many threads from around the world and I feel like it's due to the fact that our society was historically encaptured over three times, right? So in the process, we lost or we don't know what it means to be original and I feel like a, a lot of them are trying to be that originality when they don't understand that there is, in reality, there is no originality, mm -hmm. there just is, you know? Everything you've done has already been done those kind of passions, they drive them, but at the end of the day, they drive them for that kind of material purpose to fulfill certain needs and requirements you have to have for the physical body to survive, to experience this thing. Oh, right. It was towards the end I caught on what 
what you're saying. Oh, that's actually quite true. I mean, people are pushing those boundaries as well, aren't they? With the newer generations. And even if you just take like 10 years ago and what you thought the word fit meant versus what you think it's now, it's, it's changing so rapidly. And people are starting to understand that beauty isn't, it's like eye of the beholder, really. It's perspective, what beauty is and isn't. So I feel like those industries might change because of it. But who knows how... Hopefully, fingers crossed. Yeah, fingers crossed. Because there's some talented people here, like talented. And I feel like the country just drives them away because of how unaccepting it is. You mentioned Mithara being a separate entity from, let's say, the real you. And I do view that like within myself as well. But sometimes those two entities have to come together to experience this version of reality. Like in my experience, for example, I do see Kusalvin as that entity that has to experience this lifetime. But then there's so many other things that I have learned and I'm yet to learn. That's why I've been repeating it to learn that thing, right? Where do you as a universal kind of entity draw inspiration from? For it could be your daily life, could be your work. What like inspires you? What inspires me as a universal entity? Wow, what a question. Obviously, I don't know for certain who I am as a universal entity to answer that. Maybe after I die, I'll like come whisper it to you guys um, if I figure that out. I mean, I'm sure like the two aren't completely separate. I'm sure it's intertwined somewhere there. But I draw inspiration by other people, I feel like, for the most part. People really, really, really inspire me. I, I use this <laughs> I use this phrase once on Acid to describe Beyonce's album. And I, I, I was like in a trance listening to it. And uh, it was The Gift, if anyone's interested. And I said out loud, I feel like she writes with the hand of God. And I feel like that's true for a lot of artists. They go into this creative space of genius, really. I heard this when I was very young. Being a genius isn't talent. It's how well you can communicate what's in your head to physical reality. And that still stands. Like I, in my animation, I still, I'm still perfecting my technical skills to the point where one day when the thing that changes my work comes, my technical skills will be perfect enough to communicate that through to an audience and help that come out. But what keeps me going is people, definitely. People who have perfected that, people who are still perfecting that. It excites me so much that humans are capable of doing that. Unlimited potential. Unlimited. Honestly, you're blowing our minds. Okay, so to wrap this up, we do a lightning round with all of our friends that join us. So it's basically quick fire. You just give us the first answer that pops right. to your head. So first up, what character in anime, a TV show, or movie would you like to bring to life? Uh, Marceline from Adventure Time. Oh, fuck, that shouldn't have been my answer. But yeah, I guess that's my answer. <laughs> nice. Why shouldn't it have been yours? I, I, I wanted it to be Avatar after that. I was like, oh, damn it. I could have uh... learned something from the Avatar. I mean, Marceline's cool too. She's pretty funny. Okay. So. All right. If tomorrow you were told, okay, you could end all your re reincarnations and you could choose to look at all your past lives, would you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Easy answer. 
Easy answer. Since you're an avid tea lover like myself, what is your favorite tea? Um, currently oolong tea. I love it so much. It's so earthy and it brews. I don't know. It just brews different. What's yours? I'm so basic, so it's just a milk tea for me. But yeah, I just I don't know. Right, right, right. Nothing tops a good hot cup of tea. It's so comforting. Like Mm, so comforting. Pineapple on pizza. Yes or no? Oh yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Some people say no. I don't really care. Yeah, I know some people say no, like they're disgusted with pineapple on pizza. I don't get it. I I understand people who don't like it. I don't, I don't get, get it. people who are like, you cannot be in my vicinity because you like pineapple on pizza. Like, you eat pine. Okay, okay. First of all, we're Sri Lankans. We eat pineapple in fried rice. Yeah. Like not in, but you know, as a salad. I don't get it. The sour works, and your palate is used to it. You just okay i know this is so controversial but you're just saying that because it's popular exactly like you can't convince me otherwise (laughs) and so extreme as well unless you actually don't like it then i'm sorry actually i don't want to drag this too long but i kind of i understand why people didn't like it i was one of those people that would be like okay i don't see the point in it because obviously i was trained in a way to respect authenticity right and italy being where like italy and rome where pizza originated from Right. It's not a common, it's not an ingredient where it's, where it's found. Right. But now it's, it's very different because like now I, come, I have come to like kind of see it. Like it's fine. Food changes. It's, everything changes. There's nothing saying, okay, this, is, this belongs in this geographical region and it cannot right, be changed. Right. No, of course not. Experiment. Do whatever the fuck you want. Like your palate is yours. Do it, man. Right. Oh, I see. I see your perspective on it. Yeah, but that makes sense. That makes sense. Okay, and finally, what is one thing that not many people know about oh, you? I feel like everyone knows everything about me. I can bend my thumb the other way. I know a lot of people know this already, but I can bend my thumb the other way. Like all the way back? Yeah, like, yeah, like with the, okay, you know the first joint? Well, yeah, it's one of the joints here. What's it called? I forgot. But you can, you know how you bend it forward? I can bend it back. You know what? I'm just going to show this on video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. You, you can bend this way? I've, I can bend it I've this way. I've seen you do that. I've actually seen you do that. <laughs> yep. That's so cool. Another one of your many talents, I'm sure. Party tricks, yeah. <laughs> All right, Tara. It was amazing having you on. We are so grateful to have had this conversation with you. Thank you for having me. I'm so grateful to have joined. This was so much fun. It was amazing. So do you want to plug yourself and tell us what's coming next for you? And yeah, give us the good stuff. Okay, something actually very exciting is coming up. I'm not going to say too much on it. I feel like Nidal already knows, but um, I'm creating a TV show and it's, it's completely from scratch with me and my friend, well, Dinra. We're both like creating it. So I'm not going to say too much on it. But when I say I love it, I've cried multiple times when these characters come to life. And I've never had that feeling towards anything I've ever done before. Like the first time drawing those characters, first time animating them, I full on like sobbed and looked at them like, what? You're real? Oh, but yeah, that's exciting. That's awesome. We, We can't wait. 
We can't wait, actually. Like, I've been excited since the day you told me, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've kept Nidale in the loop because I obviously <laughs> can't keep my mouth shut. But, like, I will keep you guys in the loop as well. I can't wait to, like, tell people I'm <laughs> bursting with excitement. That's awesome. Okay, and where can everyone find you? Um, My Instagram is mitara.co. That's my art. And my personals... Uh, my personals too long to say. It's fine. And my TikToks, Natara.co too. Nice. Hey, thank you. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, applause, guys. Applause. It was a good session. Yeah, this was fun. This was a good Saturday evening. All right, then, folks. Thank you for tuning in to another sesh with Space Buckets and Tara this time. We will catch you very soon. Bye. Bye. If you would like to join us for a sesh or know someone who would, slide into our DMs at Space Buckets Pod. And we wish you so much love, peace, and happiness. And we will see you next week. Bye.